sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. If I want to be as holy as I can, I need to be as emotionally healthy as I can. And in this week's episode, we're going to have part two of my conversation with Emily Leadham, the executive director of the Lord Center. Uh, it's a fantastic conversation about the importance of emotional health for my holiness. That's what we're going to talk about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And as always, we want to set your faith ablaze so that you may live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. And now please enjoy part two of my conversation with Emily Leadham. So we're back uh, with Emily Leadham. Emily, thanks for uh, well, coming back, so to speak, we're recording part two of the the great conversation that we started last week. So if folks weren't able to listen to last week's episode, would you mind just briefly introducing yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Emily Leadham, executive director of the Lord's Center, uh, married to a handsome hunk of humanity named Matt, three little girls, five, three, and one. And Those are interesting names. Five. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> That was a dad joke, <laughs> but it was kind of funny. That one was kind of funny. Thanks. Claire, Mags, and Lily. All right. Um, so we're talking, we, we started the conversation last week. Uh, thank you. It's good to- That's going to keep on giving for a while. That's funny. Um, uh, about the importance of healing, uh, this this theological um, principle that grace builds on nature. So if I'm going to be as holy as I'm called to be, I need to attend to my- to my health, my but especially um, my emotional health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we talked last week, folks. Would you encourage you to go back, but just briefly recap? Um, uh, just becoming a, the, the, how the way that the Holy Spirit will oftentimes make us aware of our wounds that might be really they're real wounds. They might be really significant, not as significant, but they're real. They might be from the distant past or the recent past. But the Holy Spirit makes us aware of them. Uh, so that we can invite him actually to heal them. Is that kind of a fair yeah. summary of yeah. what we've been Beautiful. seeing so far? Beautiful. Uh, and again, I want you again to help our listeners, especially if they haven't heard last last episode yet. And and this matters for missionary discipleship and our relationship with Jesus Christ and with those around us who we want to invite to into relationship with him as well. Matters for that. Why? We didn't say this in the last episode, but I have a phrase for it. Oh. We want to be a bridge to Christ rather than an obstacle. Okay. And when we engage in our own healing journey, we become more of a bridge and less of an obstacle. Amen. Our sin is really an obstacle for ourselves and other people to encounter Christ in a powerful way. So t- tending to our own, the places in our own heart that need healing and restoration actually allow us to be a missionary because it allows us to be a bridge for people to encounter Christ. That. That's good. That's really good. Should have said That's that in really episode good. one. If only this were being recorded. So that <laughs> we we, yeah. We keep that. <laughs> Keep that on repeat. Put that on a loop. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, great. So we, both you and I just make uh, provide, in a sense, case studies, shared examples. I gave some just newly remembered uh, memories from me, early childhood. You talked about an experience that was just a few weeks ago. Uh, so I love I love like that reality that yeah. this can be a recent thing or a distant thing, but how in the present, so even with mine, memories of the, of the distant past, that I, I newly remembered. And we 
well, that's why this is where I want to go next. We we bring them to Lord. And what I loved what you explained, Emily, is you so the the example that you gave from a few weeks ago, you became aware of this this passage in scripture about some some disciples and they were being stupid. It's the road to a mess story. Uh they're being dumb, and you had an agitated response. Mm-hmm. And you said, and I wrote it down when you said it, I took the bold step and you emphasized bold step of asking the Lord, why am I agitated? Mm -hmm. So two questions. Did you know it was bold when you took the step and asked the question? Um, no, I don't think I knew it was bold when I took the step. Okay. So when did you realize it it was was a bold step? When I heard the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what does that mean for you and I then? So yeah, what do we do no, with that? No, I mean, I think, um, I, I say that I don't think it was, that I don't, I didn't realize it was bold at the time because I was so entrenched in an experience <laughs> of God's love throughout that, throughout that day, kind of at that period in, in my life and in my heart where I was in, in my journey. Um, I was really sitting at the feet of the father and, this this circumstance of my annoyance with the disciples happened in the narrative of me sitting at the feet of the father. Okay. So I didn't realize its boldness at the time because there was just such a trust. And the reason that I say it was bold is because um, as humans, you and I have all of these self-protection mechanisms yep. in place and we use them all the single, all the time in every single day in, in how we interact with other people. And and because we're we're regularly trained to do this, right? Like everybody at Target, I'm like, okay, are they gonna like attack me? You know, is this gonna be? That's not real, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> I like, like we're teaching our kids, like watch out for strangers, our like defense mechanisms. our defense mechanisms to keep ourselves safe. And yep. these are really, really good yep. things. Um, but because we're trained to do that so regularly in traffic, whatever, whatever, um, I think it's difficult to overcome that and to ask the Lord to step into something is a step in faith to truly believe that he is who he says he is. That it's to overcome some of these self-protection mechanisms that we have in place around around vulnerability right. because we don't want to be hurt. Um, it's a bold thing to say, Lord, I believe that you are good. I believe that you are who you say you are. And I'm going to put down all of my self-protection mechanisms in confidence that you are who you say you are and that's a powerful thing that's a powerful um work of the holy spirit it's a powerful work of faith uh i think to do that and so um so that's why i think it's bold i think it's bold so i and and my yeah i completely agree so this is to me the overlapping of our human formation, being attentive to myself self-awareness with spiritual formation especially around my prayer life. Mm -hmm. So the bold step of me being vulnerable and naming uh, or asking, Mm -hmm. again, maybe not realizing the extent of how vulnerable I'm being, Mm -hmm. but me uh, saying to the Lord, Mm -hmm. to use your example, why am I so annoyed? Mm -hmm. Somebody, that that is you, because again, as you said, the the posture, spiritual posture, you're already in relationship with the Father. You're already sitting at his feet. So it doesn't necessarily in the moment seem as bold to you as it nonetheless really was. But we have to continue to do that. 
Uh, I, I, I know because I was also um, at the, the, the event that you're referring to um, and what the, the presenter said at one point, it, it would, if God only knew about us, what we told him, yeah. how would, well, would he know right. us? So in this context, to, it, it's not telling him something, but it is asking, you know, Lord, why am I so annoyed mm-hmm. just in response to this little detail mm-hmm. that I noticed mm-hmm. in the account? To have the to meet vulnerability to ask the question is in fact uh, a bold thing. Even though for you it's uh, not a new thing, and it didn't feel as bold as it really was. And I think part of the reason that I joked, but it's actually quite true that I realized it was bold after he responded, was because uh, when he responded, it was convicting. And uh, you know, to put yourself out there um, in such a way that says I'm willing to be changed. Yeah. I'm willing to be stripped away of some of the things that I hold on to, that I hold grasp on. Um and it was and, and let me be clear like that conviction came with uh feeling so deeply loved all at the same time, which right. is which is not a normal human experience, yep. right? When we feel challenged and loved right. at the same time. Yep. I wish that we could do that yep. more regularly in our workplaces, like real-time Amen. feedback where people know that they're loved. We're not very good at that as humans, yep. but God is so good at it. And so, so part of my recognition of it was bold afterwards was like, man, I gave him permission to heal me. I gave him permission to, to reveal to me places in my own heart that need restoration. Yep. And, and that's always a little painful. Yep. Um, so that was part of the, the boldness too, was just recognizing his response. So going back, I think you had used the, uh, the, the title for Jesus, um, the divine physician in uh, the, the first part of this conversation, last week's episode. For me, the, the idea of uh, going to the doctor and say, doc, you know, it hurts right here. Uh, and so that's an invitation because we know what he's going to do. He's going to press on it. Right. Uh, and does that he, hurt? Does that hurt? Exactly. Does that hurt? Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we do that because we know that's what it takes to be healed. Yes. When you find the source of the pain, you can find healing. Yep. 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 You can find healing. And, and, and but but we're not the but it's still the doc. You yeah. Know, he's the okay. So here's yeah. the prescription. Here's right. the we're gonna bandage it up, or here's the right. antibiotic, or whatever it is. Right. I don't do it myself. Right. All I've done is I've gone to the doctor and I've shared with him my pain. Right. Can we talk about the Caravaggio image? Okay. Yep. yep. So, because as you're everything that you're talking about right now, the doc here go like, okay, yep, I'm gonna let you touch it, and right, and we, we kind of pull away and we yep. cringe, yep. and then and and we're yep. afraid because it's gonna hurt. I've been so struck, and we utilized this in this six week series, God Who Knocks. In the last week, we talked about um, the glorified wound, and there's really this beautiful process of healing that that uh, eventually wounds that were once very painful become. Uh, the very place in which the Lord reveals himself to us and to the world, which is a powerful thing. So that's why a lot of these like great Catholic people that we admire, like Chris Bergwald, God is using the brokenness of your story in second grade, that that moment that was painful to now bring himself and make himself known to the world. Everybody that's listening to this conversation. So we're talking about just the glorified wound and, and uh, Caravaggio What's Caravaggio's first name? When Nobody knows Caravaggio. Is it just <laughs> Caravaggio? Just like is it like Prince. Michael? What's you know, Michelangelo's first uh, name? Uh, there's He has one. Da Vinci. Da no, Michelangelo v- is his first name. No, that's Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo. Leonardo. Oh. 
Yeah. But, but, but Michelangelo, we just said Michelangelo. That is his first name. Caravaggio is not his last name, but first name. It's his last name. I don't know. But we don't know his first name. You get to a point where you're so important that you don't even need a first name. You're just Caravaggio. Okay. So Caravaggio has this, this image of Thomas. And it's it's called the incredulity of the Saint incredulity. Thomas. It's I had hanging. to Google the the definition of incredulity. I almost down. stole it from your office oh, okay. for that <laughs> thing, and then I put it on a screen and said, "But I almost went and stole your picture." Um, if it ever goes missing, you'll know. I know why. So, um, but the incredulity of of Thomas. So, um, it's this beautiful image. You've probably seen it where Jesus is pulling back his robe and and. Thomas is is putting his finger is inserting his finger into the the wound in the side of Jesus, and uh, it always really it's striking um, to almost everyone that it it appears as though Jesus is really like caught like he's right. pulling his right. hand in. It's right. not like a push away. It is a pull. His Jesus' hand is in. on Thomas's wrist. Yes. Yeah. So yes. it gives that sense. Yeah. So it just gives that sense, and um, and I was and I was just so struck as I was looking at this image that here, here we are in the context of that, the six week series on healing where we're really talking about inviting God into our wounds. It's a huge passion for me, like just personally in my own kind of mission to just bring about restoration and healing in the human heart, including myself. And um, we keep talking about inviting Jesus in, inviting Jesus in, inviting Jesus in and here Jesus is saying, let me go first. Yes. Here, come and touch my wound. Right. He shows us how to do it. Yep. He shows us without fear, without worry, without concern in in the disciple Thomas, which is you and I, touch my wound. Right. And I'm, um, I don't know. I just don't know if there's enough words to describe the power of that. In his, in Jesus's unbelievable humility, and uh, and in his te- in his how he teaches us, you know, and and really says like, let me go first. Look at this glorified wound where once there was pain in the crucifixion, where once there was um, being beaten and slandered and hurt and yelled at and thrown things thrown at and whatever, all of like the worst things that could happen, assaulted. Um, that pain is now glorified. Right. And I have no fear about you touching the wound because I love you and this will only bring about goodness in you. That's this, the invitation. This reminds me um, of uh, a conversation that I had a, uh, with, a, with a really good friend. Uh, uh, he was my from a small town in central Minnesota. He was my, I've mentioned him to you before. He was my confirmation instructor growing up. He was my also my family dentist. And he was our permanent deacon for the diocese. Uh, so uh, he's a deacon doctor. So his name's Philip Meyer. So he's, he's my own Dr. Phil. So <laughs> Phil, uh, good friend. So Phil, had, um, uh, lo- a, a beautiful disciple of the Lord, uh, really meant a lot to me, has meant a lot to me uh, in all sorts of ways throughout my life. Um, uh but especially when I was in college, uh, coming back my reversion, he was the person I called. Like Phil, this happened. He's like, Chris, why is Chris Bergwald calling me out of the blue? Um, but Phil and his wife Diane have had a lot of tragedy. They five kids. Um, they lost number three, Ryan, 
um, back in the early mid eighties um, to, I think leukemia, I think when Ryan was like five, six, seven years old, a very young age. Um, and then they lost their youngest Stephen back in the late two thousands. Uh, Stephen had been a Marine in Iraq. He survived Iraq, got killed in a car accident. Um, and then just about three, three years ago now, maybe four, um, Phil lost Diane, his wife to lung cancer. So a lot of tragedies. But I remember talking with Phil before Diane passed away, but um, it had been since they'd lost their two boys, uh, one at a young age, a few decades ago, and then one more recently, who, again, survived a war um, and died with a wife and kids. Um, I, I asked him about his grief, and, and Phil said he was great. So this is the connection. So... He was grateful for the wound of his grief. He was grateful for his grief because it was a reminder to him of his children and now his wife, and that he, as a, as a Christian, his, his, his knowledge, his certitude, that he will see them again. So <clears throat> he, he is grateful for his wounds. His wounds are glorified because they are the reminder that as I, I miss my son. And my son, I miss Ryan, I miss Stephen, I miss, I miss Diane, but I will see them again. So this is, I, I, as you said, just a beautiful thing in, in his case. And Emily, I don't know if we, for you and I, and, and I, maybe in your profession, you can make, this may, might make more sense, but just for me, I don't know how you make sense of this. This all got started with you talking about Caravaggio's image of, of Jesus Christ inviting Thomas to touch his wounds. I don't know how you can make sense of this apart from the reality of Jesus Christ risen from the dead who invites us to do that. I don't think it does. I don't think it does either. For me, this is so the connection I've been asking you repeatedly. What is this? How does this tie in with missionary discipleship? This is how, so again, um, not only this, this is not just how Phil Meyer can cope with his grief and the losses that he suffered, he's able to live, to truly live. Yeah, th- th- these are real wounds. There's real pain there, and yet it has, in a in a real sense, been glorified. Um, and he's able to to live in a real way, despite or because of them. In fact, a glorious wound. Right. Right. Amen. Okay. So <laughs> we've we've got about uh, not quite ten more minutes. So. This could really easily, this is the part in a conversation, Emily, where it could become the thing that we've been avoiding. So what do I do where it becomes the self-help thing? So there's not a self-help thing. And yeah, I think there is. So, all right, if it's the Lord, how do I respond? So help us, like in light of everything we've been talking about, um, this episode, last episode, just the, the time that we have left What's, if you will, what, what's the takeaway for our listeners in light of all this? Let's start to kind of bring this together. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not ready to bring it together. I'm not ready to bring it. Okay, one, one point, and then I think we can bring it together. But um, I think the, the, to, to the question of how do I begin to do this, I don't know that we really articulated this yet. Ask the Lord to reveal you to you particularly two things. Where do you experience shame? And where do you experience unforgiveness? Mm. Because those um, seem to be, from my experience, key entry points to where 
Jesus desires to heal. Right. Um, and the forgiveness one is tough because. Do you mean unforgive? Like where I'm having a hard time of forgiving other people? To be clarify, it could be both. Or where I'm not being forgiven by them. Either way. Either okay. way. Okay. Or I haven't forgiven myself. Oh, sure. So who yeah, in my yeah, life yeah, do yeah, I yeah. need to forgive? When 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 someone is asked that question, typically. Uh, within a short amount of time, there will be some names that pop to the surface. Uh, sometimes that name will be that one's own self. Sure. Who do I need to forgive? Um, where do I feel shame? You can typically find where you feel shame by paying attention to moments where your reaction to something is larger or disproportionate than to the uh, situation at hand. Right. So, um, oh gosh, I don't even have a good example. Um, you're having a conversation with your spouse. Your spouse says, Hey, can you pick up the kids tonight? And you big reaction. You're never, you're never there to help me. You're never doing, you know, I, I do this every night. I have a huge day. Don't you see whatever, blah, blah, blah. There's typically a shame route in okay. there somewhere. Um, so I think part of how we start to engage in this healing work in the process is, Lord, with your tender, loving touch, I give you permission to reveal to me any places in which, and never go in alone, yep. Lord, with you, yep. I give you permission to reveal to me, you are going to reveal it. I'm not getting out my shovel and going to dig for it. Yep. I invite you to reveal to me any place in my own heart that I need to uh, forgive or any place in my own heart where I need to heal shame. And, um, and I think that's a, that's a beautiful starting point for the Lord to start to reveal some of these things and then sit with him in it, find scripture, find sacred art, find whatever kind of your prayer meditation is. Maybe it's the rosary and just ponder those things, invite the Lord to come in, uh, with no expectations. He may not heal it right away. You know, I, I, I love the gospel story of the blind man where Jesus takes him outside the city and spits yeah. on his hands yeah. and then puts it on his eyes. And do you know what happens? Do you remember Partially, this one? We, what do you see? I see people, they look like trees. They look like trees. Yeah. Whenever I can't remember what that verse is, people looking like trees in the gospel that's, or in, yeah, in the, in, in the Bible is what I Google. Yeah. Um, but they start, they look like trees and I don't believe it's because Jesus couldn't heal him on the first time. I yep. think it's that because I think it's because that man was not ready to fully see it would have been too bright, too much, too soon for a man that had been blind for yep. so long. So Jesus again, spits on his hands, puts it on his eyes and then the man can see. So the, the, the process of healing is often gradual. Yep. Um, and it's, and it's really in inviting in, in the heart of our imagination. Like there's a power in imagination, inviting the Lord into our imagination to uh, bring about healing in those places. So, Lord, reveal to me the the verbiage again. Lord, I give you permission give, yep. with your tender, loving touch to come in and to reveal to me any places of unforgiveness or shame. And and it's important there that it's not like a formula. I just, yeah. I, I was, no, <laughs> yeah, it's not at all. Not at what all. are the exact words? Yeah, no, 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 it was just, I, I, I loved how you put it. Yeah. So in your own way, yeah. put it that way. Lord reveal to me, whatever you want to say, yeah. And But then recognize that it, as he does that, it's not going to be, almost certainly won't be, mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. I'm all better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and don't go digging. You know, if you yeah. if you make that prayer and no memories come up, no clarity around what it is comes up, that's okay. Yep. Wait for a few moments and and then give praise 
say, Lord, thank you for this time of prayer. Same time tomorrow. <laughs> you Same know? Bet. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Accompany me throughout my day or whatever that looks yep. like. Yep. So, um, but if he does make me aware of it, then just to, to, to pray with that. And the way that, so, um, remember it was you or somebody else. Cause I like the idea of praying with, uh, especially memories, like might seem obvious in some cases, but sometimes it's not like, what does it mean to pray with? Well, to invite the Lord, Lord, what is there in this memory? Um, maybe that's hidden that you want me to see. So I'm inviting the Lord. He might call something to my mind and you may be like, uh, all right, help me to connect the dots, Lord. I'm not seeing the connection. So help me to see what's hidden maybe beneath right. this particular memory. Right. That could be part of that first, you know, that's the equivalent. This first memory might be that seeing people, they look like trees. All right, Lord, what is there behind this yes. or beyond this or underneath yes. And I think really good authentic counseling that's rooted in a Catholic vision of the human person does this. It accompanies people in that process yeah. of um, going back into memories, going back into moments of pain, going into places of unforgiveness, whatever that looks like, um, and having having somebody by your side to kind of accompany you. Yep. And and at a certain point, then the counselor just gets to to in some way take a step back and kind of hold, um, just hold vigil. Right. While while Jesus does what Jesus is right. going to do. Amen. So is there anything, just as we're wrapping up here, Emily, so so I do that, and then part of the, and I don't know, I'm thinking it might be a guy thing, but maybe not. Okay, so then what? No, then what do I do? Then be free. <laughs> Amen. Then be free and cultivate it and sh- and share it and testify to it because that's that's a big part of yeah. like why the Lord desires to heal is so that we can continue to go make disciples. So um and to a certain extent, and this is needs to be discerned for every person, but like if you've experienced profound healing, be not afraid to share that with your friends. Right. Be not afraid to share that in where whatever circles that you find yourself in and testify to what the Lord has done. And then continue to to go back and root yourself in gratitude for that gift and recognize that there's probably more he wants to do. Amen. That that might have been layer one of an onion absolutely that he wants to continue to kind of pull back and continue to do the work um and and yeah so i I would say just and then be attentive and be gracious be grateful and be attentive to the other places that the lord wants to continue to touch awesome thank you so much emily this has been a great conversation uh if people are interested in learning more about the lord center yeah yeah the lord center.com um, is a great place to find us and you can give us a call 605-988-3775-988-3775. Um, if you're interested in just doing this work, being accompanied in it, um, that's what we're here for. We, that's our passion. So we'd love to accompany you in it. And the Lord Center, that's T-H-E-L-O-U-R-D-E-S. Yes. Center. Lords, like Lourdes, Lourdes France, France, not Lord, like Lord. the Lord of the universe. Amen. All right. Lords. Thanks, Emily. So once again, uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Emily. Really want to encourage you, as as she and I discussed uh, in the last episode and this episode, to invite the Lord to reveal the way the, those places in your heart that need healing, and then give Him permission to bring that healing about, and trust that He will do so because He is a good, good Father. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, may God bless you.